Welcome to episode eight of the Bend in the Trail podcast. I'm your host, Todd Linder. Some people become curious about who they are. They wonder, who are my ancestors? Where did they come from? How did my family come to this country? And many other questions. Most countries, but especially the United States, have people from across the globe. They have traditions, language, and history, which affect how they think and act. The journey we're about to embark on will alternate between an ancient culture and a more modern one. And when it's done, Emily will see her culture in a new way and be changed forever. This journey will take several episodes to complete, so be sure not to miss a single one. And be sure to share this podcast far and wide. And now, Grandmother's Fan. Emily Tanaka was furious. She sat in the back seat, refusing to engage in conversation. Her mother gave up and faced forward. She resented the idea of having to stay with her elderly grandmother. It wasn't that she disliked her, but she didn't see why her parents were going on a honeymoon, now of all things. I mean, really, I'm 14 years old. Isn't it a bit late for that kind of thing? Her father glanced at her in his rearview mirror every so often with a sort of sad look in his eyes. But Emily wasn't giving up her mad so easily. When they finally drove up to Grandmother's house, she followed her parents reluctantly up the driveway, almost dragging her feet, trying to slow the inevitable. Mr. Tanaka started to ring the doorbell, but it opened suddenly with Grandmother standing at the door, smiling at them. Come in, come in, she said in Japanese, which Emily didn't understand in the least. Her parents didn't speak Japanese at home, and her Japanese classmates, like herself, didn't hear it spoken either. Satomura was the only kid who did know a few words and tried to show off with them, but most of the other kids just ignored him. Let's have some tea, offered Grandmother. Emily's father looked at his mother-in-law with a raised eyebrow and said something in Japanese. He spoke for several minutes. They both glanced at Emily, trying not to be too obvious. Did they think she hadn't figured out what they were talking about? They must really think I'm dumb, she fumed to herself. Grandmother glanced at Emily before replying, We'll be fine, in the same language. Well, uh, really, we have to be going. We have a plane to catch. Can I get a hug? Her father said hurriedly. Emily gave her parents a half-hearted hug. Emily, Dad said quietly, you'll have an enjoyable time. Yeah, right, cooped up here with this old lady for a week, Emily's mind screamed. Out loud, she said, yeah, sure, rather sullenly. Chapter 2. Creepy Door After her parents had gone, Grandmother took Emily by the hand and led her into the backyard, which was a beautiful Japanese garden instead of a patch of grass that had to be mowed. There were a dozen or more bonsai plants, which were more like dwarf trees in pots, standing about three feet high. A small pond sat in one corner. Looking into it, Emily spotted several koi swimming lazily. A waterfall in another corner flowed gently over rocks with a quiet, soothing sound. Beds of bright flowers lined each side, interspersed with delicate Japanese maple trees no higher than Emily's head. Grandmother led her along a gravel path to a seating area in the middle, surrounded by carefully raked gravel, showing even furrows. 
This is where I spend most of my day, Grandmother said quietly, not wanting to spoil the space with loud talk. It's a good place to think, wouldn't you say? Emily, still not willing to give up her pout, sat quietly next to Grandmother. Grandmother wisely ignored her granddaughter's mood, deciding to let her be the one to bring up the subject of her reluctant visit. Getting up with some difficulty, she made her way to the house, saying over her shoulder, I'll go make us some tea. You sit and enjoy the garden. After a while, Emily had to admit to herself that it was a beautiful space, which seemed to block out some of the noise from neighbors and street noise. That didn't mean she would admit it to anyone, especially Grandmother. Grandmother came to the back door and called for her for tea, ending her reverie. At dinner that evening, Grandmother served hamburgers and french fries instead of her usual Japanese food. Emily relaxed a bit, glad she didn't need to pretend to enjoy squid or sea cucumber or octopus. Her side of the dinner conversation was mostly yes or no answers. Grandmother finally gave up, and the two ate in silence. After dinner wasn't much better. Emily didn't like the television programs Grandmother watched, so eventually she said goodnight and headed upstairs to bed, lugging her suitcase with her. Walking down the hall to her room, Emily felt a little creepy. Grandmother's room on the first floor made her seem far away. Halfway down the hall, she came to a door, which she didn't think was a bedroom door. Curious, she opened it, and in the dim light could see what appeared to be a step ascending into blackness. A musty smell made her turn up her nose in disgust, and she quickly shut the door. She couldn't help but have a sense of something really strange about what lay beyond that door. She lay awake for some time thinking of the day's events and wondering what could be at the top of those creepy stairs. Still, in spite of an uneasy feeling, her curiosity about that door and what lay behind it was very strong. When she finally did drift off to sleep, her dreams were strange, always morphing back to what might lay behind that door. After helping Grandmother straighten up the breakfast things, Emily, at a loss for something to do, sat down on the front steps, looking up and down Yamada Street. No kids to play with. Probably just a bunch of old people live here, she said sourly to herself. Getting up slowly, she went back into the house. Come with me. I'm going to go visit my neighbor, Mrs. Kato, for a while. She's been quite ill. Emily sighed. The last thing she wanted to, was to spend more time with old people. She went, but only because Grandmother hadn't given her much of a choice. When they got to Mrs. Cotto's home, she was dismayed to find out that this woman was older than Grandmother. She rolled her eyes and sighed audibly. Mrs. Cotto pretended not to notice, but Grandmother gave her a severe look as if she wanted to yank Emily's ear and lead her home by that same ear. Before they left, Grandmother spoke to the older woman in Japanese and bowed slightly. Mrs. Kato returned the bow before closing the door. As soon as they entered Grandmother's kitchen, she wheeled and with her black eyes sparking said, Until today I've never been ashamed of my family members, but your actions gave great offense to someone very dear to me. Emily looked down at her shoes for a moment and back at Grandmother. She gave a half-hearted shrug and an equally half-hearted apology. 
grandmother continued. If you dislike staying with me so much, I will call your uncle, and you may stay with him. At this, Emily began to rethink her current attitude. She wanted even less to stay with her mother's bachelor brother, Riku. Please, grandmother, I'd, I'd actually rather stay here. Well, if you want, I'll go back and apologize to Mrs. Kato. Grandmother stared back with arms folded before responding. No need. I've already apologized. You may stay for now, but there must be a big change of attitude or your parents will be picking you up somewhere besides here. Emily went upstairs, deciding to take a nap. As she passed the mysterious door, she stopped. Hesitantly opening the door, the same musty smell assailed her nose. She peered up the steep stairs into a now dimly lit space, tentatively setting her foot on the first step, and quickly removed it, shutting the door. Lying on the bed, her intent of a nap totally vanished. She stared at the ceiling, wondering what was keeping her from satisfying her curiosity. Scaredy cat, she said to herself aloud. Chapter 3. Family History. The Journey Begins. Dinner that night was more relaxed and pleasant after the tension of the morning. Grandmother made a few mild Japanese dishes, which she encouraged Emily to try. There was miso, a broth-like soup, tempura, batter-fried vegetables, and fish, as well as noodles. Despite her misgivings, she enjoyed every bit of it, including the sesame cookies for dessert. After dinner, Grandmother made a decision. Since Emily was obviously not going to bring up the issue, she would. Granddaughter, what is it that's bothering you about your visit? Let's have it. Well, it's just that there's nothing to do here, and, well, no offense, but the whole neighborhood seems to be nothing more than old people. Grandmother smiled slightly at Emily's honesty. Yes, I suppose that's true. We are of a certain age in this neighborhood. It's because we moved here about the same time many years ago, and we're within a few years of each other in age. Well, I just don't get why I couldn't go with my parents. They're too old for a honeymoon. Emily said this with a stubborn set to her chin and hunched shoulders. At that, Grandmother's face became serious, and for a full minute she became silent, with tears beginning to form at the corners of her eyes. When your parents married, it was a very bitter time for us all. A war had begun, and in this country, anyone who was Japanese was suspected of collaborating with the enemy. Your parents and your grandfather and I, along with many others, were placed in camps with barbed wire around them and guarded 24 hours a day. So you see, they never had a real honeymoon. Before we were released, your grandfather had developed tuberculosis and died. Your parents lost your baby brother at birth. Our homes and most of our possessions were confiscated. When we returned, no one wanted to speak Japanese for fear of being labeled, which is why your parents didn't teach you. So you see, they decided it was time at last to have a real honeymoon. Grandmother got up slowly, motioning Emily to stay seated. She returned from the next room with a large photo album and laid it on the table between them. Gently, she opened it halfway to the photo of four people. Emily easily recognized the younger versions of her parents and grandmother. The man standing next to her was unfamiliar. He was a handsome man with a slender build, dark hair showing streaks of gray. His face was kind, with smile wrinkles at the corners of his eyes and a thin mustache above his upper lip 
Is that grandfather? Emily asked. Grandmother ran her index finger gently across the face in the picture and nodded. This was taken the year he died. Looking more closely at the picture, Emily only then noticed the razor wire fence behind the group. Now it was Emily's turn to be serious. How long were you in that place? Well, I think we've had enough talk about that, Grandmother said quietly. Later, as she once again passed the door, Emily experienced an overwhelming eeriness and a distinct tingling on the back of her neck. Again, the second night, her dreams seemed to focus on the door to the mysterious space above her, and in the morning she promised herself that very soon she would venture up those stairs to find out what was up there. Her opportunity came the very next day when Grandmother informed Emily that she would need to spend the morning at Mrs. Cotto's cleaning house for her since she was not physically able to at the moment. Okay, you scary cat, no excuses now, her mind prodded her. Remembering how dim the space in the attic appeared, Emily grabbed a flashlight from a kitchen drawer and headed for the door. She stood for a long moment with one hand on the doorknob of mystery, and then, turning on the flashlight, was disappointed with the half-hearted beam it produced. The musty smell coming from the space became stronger as she slowly mounted the stairs one at a time. When she reached the top step, she shone the dim light 360 degrees around the attic, not seeing too clearly. She noticed a small window directly across from the stairs and moved toward it. When she raised the equally small shade, it lightened things up only a little more than her flashlight, but it allowed her to turn it off. Wandering around the small room, she saw piles of magazines that appeared to be written in Japanese, several boxes, and in a far corner, she spied a medium-sized trunk covered in dust. Curious, she dragged it closer to the light, and brushing some of the dust from its top, noticed some gold-colored Japanese characters on its surface. A few minutes later, after wiping it with a damp rag from the kitchen, the glossy black lacquered surface shone, even in the dim light. I hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Grandmother's Fan. Be sure to join me next time when Emily has the surprise of her life in Grandmother's Attic. Invite friends and family to join us on this mysterious journey as well. Until then, happy trails.